So oh, that's it. Right. We ready to roll. We live, baby. We live. Oh yeah, baby. We live. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome to episode three of the Excessively Black Podcast. I'm your host, Angel. And I'm your host, Joy. Well, we are so happy to have you all back here. Um, it's been a joy to have you all with us. Yes, yes. And episode three, how are we feeling? Whew, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm really glad we made it this far. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited to continue to see how this podcast grows yes. um, and experimenting with different topics mm-hmm. and seeing how we, we you know, spice yeah, things up spice every up. once in a while. Ooh, we do it pretty good, though. We do it pretty yeah. good. Keep y'all on y'all toes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Well, you know, speaking of spice... Mm-hmm. This week's episode mm-hmm. is all about mm-hmm. the best time to use your spices. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. yes, okay, yes. Mm. So we're gonna get y'all a little hungry. You might yes. want to grab some lunch while you eat or something. Yeah, so or have a snack hungry. or right. something. To get some water in your stomach. Yeah, so that you're not too hungry. Right, because you know, food is is. A love language, I always like to say. It's just Absolutely. the epitome of what love can be in a dish. Yes. Um, and black food, yep. and black mm-hmm. food, that's a whole, it's its own love language in itself. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So the title of this episode is, Did You Take the Chicken Out the Damn Freezer? Like I Asked You. Because we know you did. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're going to talk about. We're gonna, we want to talk about and have conversations surrounding food and cultures and what that means to us. But what we're going to talk about first is this question. Did you take the chicken out the freezer? Because mm. somebody is sitting at home right, right now, now listening to this. <laughs> and your mama, them, your daddy, your guardian, somebody done told you to take the food out the freezer and you didn't. And do. you ain't got up and do it now. So now is this is us telling you right now. Go on, get your behind up. Mm-hmm. Go get the chicken out the damn freezer. <laughs> And let that chicken sit in the sink like your mom told you. Right. Because the worst feeling, <laughs> the worst <laughs> feeling that could possibly be happening is your mama, whoever call you, be like, hey, can you take this item out the freezer? Take this chicken out the freezer. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to get mom. it. I'm going to do it. Right. Next Hang thing up. you know. <laughs> Hang up the phone. Right. Go back to doing what you was doing. Right. Next thing you know, we hear them keys jingling. Jingling in the door. <laughs> jingling in the door. You heard the car door slam outside. <laughs> Next thing you know, everyone turns into the flash. Like, ooh. <laughs> Let me get the- <laughs> so, Y'all took that chicken out? No. Mama said you were supposed to take it out. Shit. Damn it. Okay. Damn. And the thing is, what's funny to me is that in those moments when your parent walks in, and typically for me, it was my mom, right? Because mm-hmm. my mom was definitely the primary cook of the family. And typically for me, when my mom would come in, It'll be two, one or two reactions. Mm-hmm. One or two reactions. So the reaction I want to talk about is the I'm going to go ham. Okay. 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 That's the reaction okay. I want to talk about. Okay. There are many a time when my mom would come in, the chicken or the fish would not be out the freezer and she would just go off. <laughs> go off. Okay. She'd be like, now, wait a minute. I done told y'all, take the chicken out the freezer and y'all ain't want to do it. Y'all ain't want Nobody listens to me around here. What am I just chopped liver around here? Y'all just be using me up trying to get my food, but nobody want to follow directions. I'm out here working like a slave for y'all trying to make y'all some food. And nobody, nobody wants to do it. You know what? Just starve. Just starve. Because I'm not dealing with y'all no more. Just starve. Just starve. Eat whatever you want to eat. I don't care. Uh, that is like equally the most scariest 
and one of my favorite reactions truly that any black mom can give yes it's a universal right. reaction right. every single last one of y'all mm-hmm. is gonna get it when i get in this door yeah. Because even if the one I told didn't do it, mm-hmm. somebody should have knew mm-hmm. to take that chicken out the freezer. Because mm-hmm. I asked. I right. said it this morning. Mm-hmm. And I said it again this evening. Right. And, you know, forbid you a, a only child. Oh, yeah. You, it's yeah. over for it's you. It's over I'm for sorry. you. you <laughs> your sole yeah. responsibility yeah. this day wasn't to do your homework. Right. Wasn't to take out the trash. Wasn't to go clean off the dinner table. It was to take the chicken out the damn freezer. Right. That and was you, your you, task. You ain't do that. Yeah, I like to I like to think about those times when Mama come home and there was the chicken wasn't mm-hmm. out like it was supposed to, and it's just quiet. Mm. Mm. No words, just quiet, just like a okay. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, she rustling around the kitchen, got her some bread out, some tuna salad, slapped that on that bread, <laughs> some chips. Yeah. And she gone. Right. Ain't said a word. Mm-mm. Ain't said a word. Now it's nine o'clock, <laughs> and you still in your room, and you're like, "Dang, um, I don't think I ain't hear her cooking in there." Right. I ain't hear her you get up. Yeah. You go in the kitchen. Ain't nothing on the stove. Nope. She in bed. Right. <laughs> yep. Look, covered up. Covered up. Got a bonnet on. So you better not ask. Right. What's right. for dinner? Because baby, you were supposed to have chicken. Mm-hmm. And now. It's up to you what you're going to eat since you didn't want the chicken. Right. You better break so, up that cereal box. Look, a pack of mama noodles. Right. A pack of a mama. I'm telling y'all, it's mama noodles. Somebody listening to me right now, like, what is mama noodles? Mm-hmm. Um, mama noodles are ramen noodles, mm-hmm. but they're not ramen noodles because they're mama noodles. Right. Mama noodles, I mean, I'm going to explain. It's a type of ramen noodle. Okay. It's a mama noodle. Right, 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 right. It come in a golden bag. Golden, like <laughs> gold foil trim. Right, it's, it's elite, and you can only find it in Louisiana. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so when I say mama noodles, I ain't talking. To, I'm not saying that wrong. Right, I'm saying mama noodles is a very specific thing. Anyway, so yeah. So if you don't live in Louisiana, sorry, <laughs> sorry, you might not have understood that reference. Right. I tried to explain it to you, mm-hmm. but mama noodles is a very specific thing. So anyway, you find you some cereal, mm-hmm. get you some mama noodles out of there. Mm-hmm. So a hot, a hot dog. Right, but I hope you got some leftovers. Some Oscar Mayer. <laughs> some turkey meat. Right, peanut butter A Lunchable. Jelly. Right, right. If you lunchable. was lucky, if you was lucky. Right, a lunchable. lunchable. I ain't get Lunchables unless it was for a field trip. Right, literally, yes. We ain't get Lunchables nah. just for everyday shits and nah. giggles. She just be like, you could, you could make whatever's in there. <laughs> yes. Use that deli. Go find something in right. there and right. eat, even if it was ice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> not just water <laughs> just, just even if it was water. ice okay <laughs> so yeah that's that's two reactions you're gonna get is mm-hmm. either all hell breaking loose right or the silent, silent. killer yeah yeah i ain't gonna say a word to none of y'all mm-hmm. in here because y'all y'all knew better mm-hmm. i'm gonna go on by my business i'm gonna take care of me since y'all right. gonna take take care of me right right right, right. <laughs> so yeah so Speaking of this and like thinking of our relationship with food and thinking of just even those little things, right? Like how Mm -hmm. our parents react and stuff like that. Um, I want to like transition us a little bit into thinking about how do we like, what are our relationship with food? Like what Mm -hmm. is that journey kind of been to Mm -hmm. us with us now? Cause I feel like you and I have had a lot of great meals together. Yes. We've had a lot of great meals together, you know, but I'm curious, like what, what do you think about when you think of food, like from your childhood? Yeah, so my experience with food started from my childhood. 
um, as most kids and five-year-olds, right, um, I ate a lot of Chef Boyardee. <laughs> I ate it up. I ate it up. I ate it down. I ate it sideways. I ate it left right. and right. Okay, so Chef Boyardee, as I like to say nowadays, because I'm Chef Joy RD, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, come on, um, Chef Joy RD. Like that in the kitchen, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I grew up eating processed foods, foods that were pre made that I could put in the microwave because that that was easy mm-hmm. for a five year old to do. Mm-hmm. Um, however, what was going on around me was a whole nother mm-hmm. a whole nother experience. So my mother, as the legend <laughs> says, uh, when she married into my dad's family, um, one of the first things they told her was, "Baby girl, you're gonna have to learn how to cook." <laughs> If you don't know how to cook now, you best get in that kitchen right. and figure it out. So homegirl went through like 15 cookbooks mm. and then became the best cook in the yeah, whole family. Yeah. So she took that challenge to heart. Mm-hmm. You're not just about to sit here and ridicule me for not being able to cook. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show y'all mm. because, you know, as black women do, everything they touch turns to gold right. anyway. We so, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. in the kitchen, my mom was doing the damn thing. Right. right. And I wasn't trying to eat, you know, eggplant parmesan. <laughs> I'm five. five. So, you know, at five, you know, but, um, you know, my family would rave about her cooking, especially like her gumbo. My Mm, God, mm. my God, there is still not a gumbo recipe. I've tasted like it, (laughs) even though my sister, she, she redo it. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's Mm -hmm. great. It's not the same, but it's still, it's great. My sister, my sister, hands down (laughs) best gumbo right now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, anyway, mama had it and she was, she could bake too. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just in the on the stove like the peach cobbler yeah, oof, oof. you know what i'm saying oof. she had it like that mm-hmm. she was in that kitchen she went through them cookbooks i'm telling you she was a cookbook chef mm-hmm. ain't nothing that listen don't let nobody tell you that something wrong right with cooking out of a cookbook oh no not at all that's because why some black people exists. will sit there and mm-hmm. act like if you can't do it off the dome mm-hmm. then you shouldn't do it at all right right and i'm here to let you know Mm-mm. pick up that cookbook child right because the cookbook is at least going to give you the foundation for what you're going to exactly. do. You may not need the cookbook after a while if you do the same dish over and over again. Right. But you sometimes you need somewhere to start. Exactly. You can't just always pull the stuff out your ass, okay? <laughs> so that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Feel comfortable with the cookbook if you want to. Anyway, right. so my mom was a cookbook chef. She was tearing the kitchen up and down. Mm. And I was eating Chef Boyardee. <laughs> now, by the time I got to school and I was eating school lunch, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> I went to a private school. Um, and it was the lunch was subpar the lunch for the was money. Private school lunch. It was private school lunch, <laughs> but it wasn't good private school lunch. Right, right, right. Um, it was just simply private school lunch. Right. And um, I think one of the best meals they ever gave us was them uh pizzas. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> you know them little square pieces they used to give us. Yes. I used to tear them up. I used to tear them up. Absolutely. To the point where, like, if you would have watched me eating it, I probably never breathed <laughs> before I, I literally inhaled right, that pizza. pizza. Yeah. Um, but all of school lunches, I mean, I could stomach them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I, I couldn't even stomach them. I could stomach them. I'd eat it because I was hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it came to, like, at my house, how things shifted, it shifted when uh, my birth mother passed away. And then I moved, me and my, my father moved in with my stepmother. Mm-hmm. And she had a very different relationship with the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Okay. She wasn't cookbook chef type person, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and she took care of us. I'm not trying to throw shade or anything. This is just what it was. Um it would be like 
day three of eating a chicken salad. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking chicken salad like the the mixed. Right. I'm talking about salad with grilled chicken, chicken on top yeah, or yeah. fried chicken on top. <laughs> and I look, the salad is bust. Oh, they still bust to this day. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm. I tore them up every time with right. the honey mustard. R- yep, I tore that salad up. Right. But now it's the third time we done had it this In week. A week. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so we weren't used to that because my mom would cook one meal and then you wouldn't have the same meal twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. I was eating the same meals. I was eating the red beans. I was eating the gravy and rice. I was eating the smother pork chops. Right. I was eating the the salads. Right. <laughs> I was eating the the burgers, yeah. uh, the tuna and and the and the hamburgers. Right. Like right. that was like our top yeah, our yeah, top yeah. dishes at, at home. Right. Um, and they were good. And that's what I knew until I got to college. Right. And I started feeding myself. Mm-hmm. We would eat Chinese food every once in a while, but when it come to other cuisines, mm-hmm. we didn't have it. Right. It was China Doll or Bust. <laughs> All right. China Doll was great. But once I had sushi for the mm-hmm. first time in college, it was over for me. It was over, yeah. It was over for yeah. me. Because mm-hmm. I was like, you mean to tell me there's a whole world of food yeah. just in sushi by itself right. that I had not experienced before. Mm-hmm. So I was tagging the sushi at the <laughs> LBC. <laughs> I was tagging the sushi at the food court. Mm-hmm. And... It was so good. It was even, it wasn't even great sushi, but mm-hmm. it was good to me. It mm-hmm. was different. And then I started branching out and trying Thai food and Korean food. Mm-hmm. I had pho for the first time. I had pad thai. Mm-hmm. I was eating things that my parents would have said was weird. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Got it. Um, and I was excited to then go out and, and branch out and find those new cuisines. And I thought I knew something because right. I was eating all these new foods. Right. But I found out that eating and cooking are two different things. Yep. yep you know yep. what I'm saying? So my experience with eating food, I mean, it really branched out by the time I got to college and I was feeding myself. Mm-hmm. And I was eating every cuisine. And, you know, I'm in New Orleans, so I got access to a lot. Right. And some of my favorite, like, Boswell's, the Jamaican. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. (laughs) If y'all ain't never had Jamaican food before... Yeah. Oh, it's a special place in my heart. It is. But all the cuisines in the city, I was Mm -hmm. out there, I was exploring it, and it was so good and like i didn't realize like my my palate is very <laughs> it's not refined to the right. point where only a few things taste good right my palate is expansive yeah a lot of things taste good to me yeah and so it was the best thing when i finally started feeding myself yes. and um, figuring out that other cuisines use different spices and they make different flavor profiles that i had never had before we love to see it so yeah that's my recap okay, on okay, food okay. I'm on, on my food yeah okay. yeah so we 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 had a journey mm-hmm. to get to um but now i'm ready to hear about your journey all right so my relationship with food uh, my childhood recap if you will so when i was younger i think i typically associated food with memories of family um Mm -hmm. family and food go hand in hand in our house and my mom like my mom can tear the kitchen up down and around Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. she Mm -hmm. is a fantastic cook Mm -hmm. and she knows it and that's part of the problem is that she knows she's a fantastic cook Mm -hmm. um but a lot of the ways yeah a lot of the ways that i would yeah, a lot of the ways that I would just associate with food was through family memories and through having those family gatherings. It could be for any major holiday. It could be just because we wanted to that day. Yeah. But one thing my mom was going to do was throw down in the kitchen. Period. Make feast, if you will. <laughs> um, but I also grew up with a mom who like, so 
not similar to your birth mother. Like mm. my mom didn't really use cookbooks like that. Mm. She was definitely one of those like off, off the dome. The dome. <laughs> and the thing is, is that that's great, you know, for her when she's in the cook kitchen and she's like, oh yeah, I know I need this, 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 and I'm gonna just put it in a dish. It's gonna be great, right? Mm. But then when I wanted to start learning how to cook and be, I would be attached to her hip in the kitchen, like. <laughs> I'm, I want to make what you make. She would be like, yeah, no, girl, I don't have this written down. You're just going to have to watch me do it yeah. because I can't really help you. But what's crazy, though, is I feel like after that kind of happened when I was in more like elementary, middle school, she actually would start to write things down ever since then. She would Good. like put it in a book. So she has a, a thick recipe book or a recipe box or whatever Good. and would just keep it in there. So all the recipes that I ever need are in there, mm. um, whether it's, you know, just cooking or baking or whatever the case may be. I might have to take a little sneaky, sneaky, mm, sneaky, girl, sneaky, sneaky pink in there. I got my own recipe book now. Oh, yeah. I Like every time I'm, I'm making a new dish, I would call my mom and be like, mom, can you tell me how to make that? And we would Period. go over it together so I could write it Period. down. Um, but so again, growing up, like my my relationship with food was always associated with memories of family, memories of being in the kitchen with my mom, smelling everything, tasting it as we went and like mm -hmm. understanding what it meant to cook. Um, I think what's also interesting is that I also, my palate of food kind of shifted a little bit going into middle school because I started, my mom really made us travel a lot more. So she really wanted us to be exposed to a lot of different cultures. And so mm -hmm. we traveled quite a bit to different places. And of course yes. we tried to cuisine there. And then when mm -hmm. we got home, my mom was like, well, let's learn how to make this. And then we would never make it right. And you know, it was a whole thing, but we tried, right? Like that's the yeah, process of yeah, cooking. It's yeah. like, you just try and you hope for the best. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, like elementary and middle school food, I had a very strong relationship with it. By the time I got to high school though, something kind of shifted in me a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. I think my relationship with food definitely decreased because since I had associated so much with those family memories when the family starts to fall apart right it's like mm. well then food is starting to fall apart to me like it's not the same mm. um, and so there were quite a few times like my whole freshman year of high school where I would just skip lunch like I just wow. would not eat you know yeah. I'd just be sitting with my teacher and my teacher was probably like oh like she's just joining me for lunch like it'll be chill we're just talking having a good time mm. and the whole time I'm just like I just don't feel like eating you know I just yeah. don't feel like doing anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i'm going to school i'm still really good doing well in school and stuff like that so that's the thing it's like my mom was never really suspicious i don't think right because she was yeah. like oh well she's still doing the well grades, in school. the, the grades, grades are there yeah. you know but i think i had to detach what food was from like just being associated with family to being associated with everything yeah because the beauty of food is that it is associated with everything like yes there are generations of ancestors and people who their food has just been passed down all throughout mm -hmm. generations and all throughout mm -hmm. their life and so i had to detach it from just being solely based off of what my particular family was doing and keep the family members their family memories there while also being like but i just love food yes, <laughs> you know i just yes. love food for what it is yes um and so that has kind of helped me figure out more like as i went through high school and now into college and once i graduated like trying to figure out okay my relationship with food is now this i love food i know what it means to make a meal for a group of people and them and have them love it like mm. i know what it means to make a meal for my mom and have her be like this is good like i love it you know <laughs> yes. this is great this almost tastes like mine you know whatever Ooh. you know when you they know? say it almost yeah. tastes like yeah, theirs see? that's when you get a little you get a little mm -hmm. hype you know <laughs> that's the, that's the one i'm waiting for exactly <laughs> so you know so i have been able to reinvigorate my love of food and like yeah. my relationship with food and so it's been really great for me that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you. 
Yeah, I'm glad you you rediscovered yeah. uh, and have a new a new love for food as for what it is, right? Um, because it tastes it just tastes so good. Mm-hmm. I've always mm-hmm. liked food. Yeah, like always yeah. in my life. I I ate everywhere. Mm-hmm. I was not. I was you know. I was the person that people would like look at me at lunch and be like, "Well, damn, Joy, like, is good." <laughs> and, and it didn't even have to be good. Right, like, it right. didn't have to be good. But I just, I always was eating. I yeah. like, I'm a foodie. I like to eat good. Food. I mean, look, that's. A, but you know what? And that's the thing. I feel like people try to tell us nowadays that you don't need to eat. Like, food is shouldn't be that good. You shouldn't be eating all that. Blah blah. Shit. It food is food. Food like it's okay for food to be a part of you exploring pleasures in life. Right. Like they try to tell us that like it's gluttony right. to eat food for pleasure. Right. But I disagree. I strongly agree. I disagree. Like food nurtures. Right. Primarily food nurtures. Right. So why eat it and it's not good also? Like cuz it tastes great. Right. I mean, some people's palates, you know, can't handle some things. I understand. I understand. That's your business. That's Mm -hmm. your business. If your palate can't can't fathom Mm -hmm. (laughs) what's going on. Mm -hmm. But I think it should be utilized as a tool for seeking pleasure out of this life. Because it's literally, it's just flavor exists. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Flavors exist. And we have taste buds in our in our senses to help yeah. us to taste them exactly if, if if food was just about eating we wouldn't have taste buds right you know right. what i'm saying true, yeah. we would not even have the taste we wouldn't buds. have a nose <laughs> we wouldn't have a nose to be able to smell the aromas of the foods mm-hmm. or be able to taste it if it wasn't about pleasure right taste buds are literally about tasting the goodness of the food like right. <laughs> and that's the thing like as someone who again as someone who went through a period of just eating food just to like stay alive versus now someone who's like, oh yeah, no, I'm doing it to stay alive, but also, also I'm doing it because I understand that this is a whole experience. Ex- yes, it is an experience. Mm-hmm. At Yes, at its core, right. it's an experience because if it wasn't supposed to be an experience, we wouldn't have these taste buds or right. our sense of smell to help create that exactly. experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now that we've kind of discussed our recaps, our relationship with food, where we are now, let's kind of continue that. Like, where mm-hmm. are you now in your food journey? So I have, I have been having a great time uh, <laughs> in my food journey. And I say like within the last two weeks, mm-hmm. it's even grown more my fondness mm-hmm. for cooking and eating. Cause I was never really a cook, but mm-hmm. that's because I didn't really understand what cooking was. Mm-hmm. So I thought cooking was putting together things that like there was a science to it. Like mm. you have to use this seasoning if you're making this dish. And the only seasonings I grew up knowing about is onion pepper. I mean, um, onion powder, yeah. um, garlic, garlic powder, powder. <laughs> salt, pepper, paprika, tonies. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the only ones I knew about growing up anyway. And so when it comes to doing anything outside of that, I was kind of lost mm-hmm. because I was like, I don't know what else I would put in this. Right. And it's not that it would be nasty, but it just wasn't alive you know some dishes wouldn't be alive using just those seasonings Mm -hmm. um so one thing i learned recently from uh my dear friend zell uh Mm -hmm. is that you gotta smell Mm -hmm. you gotta use your nose Mm -hmm. 
And don't don't think that your nose is gonna lead you astray. Mm-hmm. Okay, you gotta believe that your nose knows knows yep. what is smelling. Yeah. So when you get in the kitchen and you're like, I wonder what would sm- what would taste good in this? Smell the dish. Mm-hmm. Smell the spice or the seasoning you're trying to put in it. Mm-hmm. And if they go together, they go together. You are gonna know because you mm-hmm. can smell it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I didn't know even the basics of cooking. Right, right, right. Like I didn't even know that much because mm-hmm. I thought it was like a science. Like I'm just supposed to know mm-hmm. what to put in it. Yeah. No. Sometimes you don't know what to put in it. Right. You find out along the way. Right. Anytime a chef's going to make a new dish, that's what they have to they do. They just, just find, find out, out along, along the way. way. Yeah. So, I naturally, I'm a baker because of that, right? right. I've been baking since I was mm-hmm. in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, because baking is a science. They're going to tell mm-hmm. you yeah. how much flour, right. how much sugar, how much aura, how much... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. And how much butter, how much eggs, they're going to tell you. Mm-hmm. And I can see it in a measuring cup, so I know I'm doing it right. Exactly. But when it comes to cooking off the dome, yeah. honey, yeah. give me the cookbook because right, right. I didn't know what I was doing. But now I get it. Yeah. I'm way more fluent in cooking now than I was just three weeks ago. Right. Uh, one of the things that we cooked recently, uh, we went out to Houston actually and did brunch. Mm-hmm. With uh, our friend whose birthday was that week, mm-hmm. and we had French toast, mm-hmm. but this was a a, a brown butter <laughs> caramelized reduction. Ooh, 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 wait, wait, wait! Ooh, you just hit us French with the, toast, right? You hit us with the quadruple whammy, exactly, right there. Like, exactly. Whoa, no, because when I tell you, we weren't trying to do too much. Yeah, we literally went to the store and got pre-made pancake mix because right. we weren't sure we was even gonna do French toast, right? We had to make homemade condensed milk Ooh. out of evaporated milk. Okay, yep. We browned butter, yep. put it in the milk yep. and sugar and reduced it down to some condensed milk. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just kind of, it was just like uh, the starting of like pralines yeah, or yeah, pecan yeah, yeah. candy. Exactly. It was just like that, but minus the nuts. Mm-hmm. So um, we used that to dip the French Ooh, toast in and then sear it. When I tell you the French toast was heavenly, <laughs> not to mention the day before we baked some strawberry cheesecake cupcakes. Ooh. The cupcake itself was a yellow, uh, yellow cupcake, right, right. yellow cake. Mm-hmm. And then we, we stuffed it with mm. the cream cheese yes, filling. It yes, was strawberry yes. cream cheese. Absolutely. Bust and everybody at the party was like, whoa, <laughs> who did these? Right. Who did these? And when I tell you, we was just vibing with each other. Yeah. We ain't, we weren't looking at a recipe book. Right. We was vibing. We had some references, but we really just was just kind of talking. Like we added brown butter mm-hmm. to the cake mix. Right. Right. That ain't on a recipe. Right. Some things you just got to try mm-hmm. and experiment because you know it's good and it's going to go good together. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we cooked that day? We had um, the French toast. We had broccolini and spinach. Ooh, nice. Um, it. Which was very, very good to mm-hmm. me as well. Sounds like it was busting. It was busting. Like, this was a whole spread yeah, 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 yeah. for this brunch. Like, yeah. it was so good yeah. to the point where I was just like, I honestly don't think I want to have brunch anywhere else mm-hmm. because it's not going to be that good. Right. Like what we are capable of doing yeah. is better than what I've had at any restaurant. Right. So anyway, a lot of good food recently. I started to figure out what, what it means to cook, mm-hmm. um, starting with like smelling things if you don't know what you're doing, but mm-hmm. also starting with brown butter, period. Period. I had never had brown butter until <laughs> a couple months ago. 
And I'll never not brown the butter down. <laughs> it's kind of like not if you like brown butter or right. not. It's have you had it or not. Because right. once you have it, you like it. Right. There's just there's just no no debate about mm-hmm. it. It's really good. So yeah, starting with brown butter and you know obviously starting with your fresh garlic and your fresh onions. Mm-hmm. We didn't even use fresh garlic at my house when I was a kid. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. I ain't, I never cut a garlic until I was a full adult. Right, right. I had never cut. A, I didn't know they were sticky. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I had no idea what garlic was like right. until I was an adult, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, well, fresh garlic is the way to go. And so, yeah, I've learned a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the most important things was that even if you don't know what you're doing, let your taste buds and your yes. nose, your your senses will help you. And also, just listen to what your ancestors are telling you in right. your ear, <laughs> whispering in your ear. They whispering. Right. They're gonna tell you that's enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. put some old. Right. <laughs> go grab that, and you reaching for. Like next thing I know, I'm reaching for a jar of curry. Right. Why am I about to put curry <laughs> in this dish that wasn't supposed to be? So right. now I made a whole new, new you know, dish, right? Because they whispering to me in the mm-hmm. back of my head, like, "Ooh, that would be good." So yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, listening to yourself, your if you got a spirit team behind you, listen yeah. to them, and then just knowing what it means to cook, which is ultimately to experiment yes. um, and try new things. Yeah. So speaking of that, I've been on my like try cooking new things kick for a while now uh-huh. like you know because you've been yeah, some place. Yeah, you've been here yeah. sometimes when i'll be yeah. experimenting and trying some stuff my god yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so i went through this phase probably like it probably started about two years ago or so okay um where i really wanted to just learn how to make new things like mm-hmm. i again grew up in a home where cooking was a thing that we did together mm-hmm. and i wanted to learn how to cook these new dishes and try new things by myself because mm-hmm. again at home like my mom was a great southern cook now keep in mind my mom could cook anything but she period. really shined in southern cooking because that's all she knew period you know and that's great <laughs> but as we grow older and we want to branch out we want to try new things that's what i really wanted to focus on mm-hmm. so I will say I've gone through these different cuisines and like I really my goal one day is to hopefully learn these cuisines from people within the culture. Yes. But for now, you know, I could just try to do my little my own stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it started with learning Mexican cuisine and like I made birria tacos for the first time. Mm, you know? I had these birria tacos, y'all. <laughs> I had them and it was my first time ever having birria. And I had been wanting them. And I was like, wow, I understand now. Yeah. yeah, Angel tore him up. All right, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry, I just had to let him know. Yeah, yeah. So tried that for the first time, and you know, trying other dishes within that cuisine. But then also now I've been recently on more like an Asian cuisine kick. Mm-hmm. So and again, being in a city like New Orleans where there is so much representation from all different cultures, all different types of cuisine, I was like, you mean to tell me I could I can make my own pho? Like I could do that yeah. by myself in my yeah. house? Yeah, yeah. Like it might take a couple days, but I could do it by myself. <laughs> And so learning how to do that and like learning how to make pad thai and mm. you know learning yeah, how that, to that pasta you made that the, the yeah, noodle yeah, dish the noodle, you made yeah. the last time oh man that yeah. was good I wanted to eat it all myself right. <laughs> like, but mama taught me how to share right. Mm-hmm. You know, like trying to find these different flavors. I went to the the Hong Kong market recently, Period. like at the end of the January, for the very first time ever. Yeah, I still have yet to go. Look, and I've heard it's like it's like going to a candy store yes, for a kid. Literally walked in, like, <laughs> wait a minute, like what is going on here? They have so many different variations of things, so mm-hmm. many different types of produce and different seasonings, just everything. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, I walked in and they were like. 
what is this black woman doing in here? A Negro? Yeah, look, look, they were looking at me like, now can I help you? Because you don't look like, man, one other person in here. Um, Are but, you lost? Right, literally. But the minute I started telling them like, oh, I'm looking for these type of ingredients. They were like, now what are you making? I was like, oh, I'm making this like type of sticky rice. And they were like, oh, got it, got it, got it. Like, let me help you. You know, so good, they're very good. sweet. But yeah. in the beginning, they were like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, <laughs> they were like, do we need to call the police? Um, and I would have been like, okay, well, let me go. If you're going to do let that. get myself on All that. Right. Because I ain't trying to mess with them. Um, <laughs> but no, just in general, they were very nice people. And it was really cool to be able to go into a new atmosphere like that and to like try all these different flavors and, and taste new things. So yes. I've definitely been trying to get more into cooking from different cuisines and different cultures and like what that means mm-hmm. and how that still can bring a community together, mm-hmm. which has just been, yeah, it's been awesome. It's been really fun. It is. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun to create. I didn't understand how mm-hmm. fun cooking could be mm-hmm. until I started. Well, like, the basis was I needed to learn how to cook, period. Right, right, right. I didn't get, once I finally, now I feel like I can start branching out and trying different cuisines. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how to cook, period. Right, you know right, what I'm right, saying? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like that was the, that was the first thing. Yeah. Uh, the first <laughs> lesson is how to cook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, I think I'm entering into that period now yeah. where I'm going to start branching out and trying new cuisines at home. Yes. Because. Yes. Some things just don't taste the same unless you make it. Exactly. You know, some things taste extra good to your palate because you know what you like. And you could put more of that thing Mm -hmm. in that food and you could make it cater to your taste buds. Mm -hmm. So, like, Mm -hmm. I'm excited. I'm really excited because now I think I know how to cook. Yeah. And I'm going to start experimenting with that. Ooh, I can't wait. Yeah. I'm going to be at your house like, what we having? (laughs) What we eating? Next time, I'm going to make the crawfish etouffee from scratch. Period. Okay. Yes, yes. Cook the crawfish etouffee out the pack. It's good. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. But next time, I'm going to try it from scratch. I support you. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I feel more confident about my ability to do something like yeah. that. Yeah. Now that I kind of understand what it means to cook, period. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, yeah. I support it. So, I guess one thing, too, as we kind of, like, wind down a little bit here is mm-hmm. I really want us to kind of discuss, like, if – because we both had different journeys with food in mm-hmm. different ways – and as someone who has had like a, and I know people might have a very rough relationship with food. Mm-hmm. And as someone who has had a similar rough relationship with food, it can be really hard to be like, well, I haven't even gotten past this like rough relationship that I have with food. How am mm-hmm. I going to get to that point of wanting to try something new? Mm-hmm. You know, like how do I even get there? So mm-hmm. do you have any advice for people that you feel, you know, that, yeah, about how you be, even began to kind of branch out and stuff like that? Yeah, um, sometimes it's not easy. Mm -hmm. Let me start there. And because of that, it could deter you Mm -hmm. from branching out and exploring. I have had several conversations, some might say debates, some might say arguments, (laughs) with my own family about Mm -hmm. food. Um, because I was studying nutrition in college Mm -hmm. and learning new things about, you know, the food that we eat and have access to, especially in a country like America, uh, where some of the food we eat in this country is banned across seas because it's that bad for you. Mm -hmm. And not to say that any of the food that I grew up with was hashtag bad for you. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a lot of foods like we have access to a plethora Mm -hmm. of different foods from what we grew up with. And I felt I felt comfortable. I had to get to a point where I felt comfortable speaking about it with my family Mm -hmm. and then going ahead and doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it started with like 
trying new vegetables. Yeah. Um, I had quinoa for the first time at home right. when I decided I wanted to inc- incorporate more um, of a vegetarian diet right. and see what it was like to like, you know, eat less meats. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my family was looking at me crazy because it's like, oh, so you, so you too good for the right. food that we came up on, huh? Right. And it's like, no. That's not what I'm saying. Right. Uh, I'm not saying that the food we came up on is is wrong mm-hmm. or, or you're wrong for eating it. I'm just saying that what has been happening mm-hmm. is these foods that we grew up with are not necessarily the only option we have. Right. And it's better to expand and try different things. And then once you're comfortable with the idea of expanding and trying new things, you'll be more comfortable with the idea of, you know, taking a break from eating deep fried foods every, every week, you know, and leaning into other types of protein options because meat is not the only way to get your, to Mm -hmm. source your protein Um, and things like that. So I had to, I had to learn, but also it took trial by fire. You know, I brought the stuff up to my family and they didn't agree with it all the time. Uh, one of my family members watched a documentary mm-hmm. called What the Health on yeah, Netflix, which yeah. most people watch. Um, and that documentary made them want to go ve- uh, vegan or vegetarian mm-hmm. that night or pescatarian maybe mm-hmm. that night because they saw somebody's testimony about being a diabetic or having hypertension mm-hmm. and then cutting out certain um, cut or being having more moderation with certain foods mm-hmm. in their diet and seeing how their health reversed mm-hmm. into a more positive, you know, mm-hmm. out- outcome. And they were like ready to go pescatarian that night. Right. And I was sitting there like, haven't I been telling y'all this? Right. Like, haven't I long? been saying this? And y'all <laughs> thought that I was just saying that because I'm better than y'all? Right. Come on now. Like, right. you got to know me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you know me, you should know that I'm not saying that because, you know, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to take, you know, some time. Sometimes you won't, you know, if it comes from an external source, mm-hmm. the, the, the problems that you're having with food or the, the issues you're facing with food, if it comes from an external source, you know, be encouraged that things are temporary. You mm-hmm. know, opinions are temporary. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, knowledge helps expand your your mind, but also gives you more of a, a push to try new things once you've right. learned more about it. So don't be afraid to... Educate yourself on new things. Um, you know, talk to people in your circle. Some people that you probably never thought to ask about food mm-hmm. probably have really interesting takes mm-hmm. on food. Um, family members that you just haven't talked to in a long time, right. ask them. You right, know, right, right. <laughs> be like, hey, you ever? I have a I have an auntie who cooks every cuisine in the in the world mm-hmm. at her house, and she'll send me a picture of it every once in a while to be like, I thought of you when I cooked this <laughs> this dish, right. and I was like, oh, that looks really good. You know, and so we have a, a special relationship because she knows that I have a very like uh, an interest in foods that are other than soul food mm-hmm. and she ends up cooking those meals often mm-hmm. um, but she still cooks look it's some other potatoes every oh, week you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. but she does try different things mm-hmm. and because of that we have a, a very unique relationship so anyway from my own experience it seems like talking to your to your close people your friends your family about you know food and getting their perspective but also looking into research on what foods are uh what food means and uh what nutrition is and mm-hmm. learning how to you know kind of bring those into conversations when it comes to your food that's a good way to do it mm-hmm. and then just having faith in yourself um and knowing yeah. that what you like is what you like for a reason mm-hmm. you know uh i'm not going to judge nobody for oh, no. for you know feeling a certain way about uh foods or just yeah 
your 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 relationship with food is your relationship with food mm-hmm. so the more you're sure of yourself mm-hmm. the better you'll be in the long run right. and it won't be so swayed by external exactly forces because that's the thing too it's like again society tells us there are so many different people who all want to try to have a voice in <laughs> food and society yeah. and like how we should view it and how we should think about it and all this stuff and it's like no at the end of the day just do what you want to do do what feels right do what feels right to you because i know for me like i i look i will eat whatever i am of the mind that i will eat whatever i want to eat when i want to eat it mm-hmm. Sim- point blank period mm-hmm. like whatever i want whatever i'm feeling that day i'ma eat it now mm-hmm. is it always the most balanced meal no mm-hmm. <laughs> is it always the most nutrition no but I want to make sure that I never lose sight of the fact that whatever I want to do, that's what mm. I want to do. Yes. I don't want anyone coming in and telling me like, you have to do this or you have to do this. Right. If I'm going to branch out and if I'm going to try these new things, I'm going to do that because yes. I want to. Right. And that is how we kind of have to think of our relationship with food because you, if you let other people think for you, they going to tell you everything that you want to hear and some things that you don't want to hear. And I promise yeah. you the things that you don't want to hear are the things that you're going to listen to, unfortunately. So, <laughs> yeah. You know? Even with the amount of food you're eating, if, if your issue is that, like, or if what people perceive mm-hmm. as your issue mm-hmm. is that you eat too much, mm-hmm. like, first and foremost, mind your business. Right. Uh, um, Ignore But it. I mm-hmm. was always, like, a part of my upbringing, um, I was always a chubbier mm-hmm. kid. I was also taller than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So by default, people would expect me to eat a lot of food. Right. And they would just kind of like brush it off as like, you know, well, she a big she a big girl. Mm-hmm. So like that mean that makes sense. She always gonna eat a lot of food. Right. But it got to a point where it started to feel like I was othered for mm-hmm. it. And yep. like me eating my entire plate of food and then also wanting more right. was like like that was be like I'm greedy, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was like, what I'm greedy? Like no, I just really I'm I'm not satisfied right. yet, you know. Like, I'm just, I want more. Food. I want like, more food. <clears throat> like it's, like and I it's hard to explain that as a kid right. because you know they just look at you and then project onto exactly. you what they assume the situation is about, and I'm like. Mm, Nah, I just really like food. It right. tastes really good. I'm not. I haven't been sad. Like when I'm full, I'ma stop. Right. When right. I'm full, I'ma stop. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm not full yet. And I and I'm a like they say I'm a bigger person. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it just kind of made sense that I ate a lot of food. But to what at, at what cost? Because then right. it started to be like, you know, people would get their food and they'd be like, oh. Like, watch out, because, you know, Joy, Joy might try to eat your plate. Mm. And it's like, whoa, like, wait whoa. A minute. Like, yeah. no, I'm not. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, no. I, you know, I do eat all of my food. And if you're not, I'm going to ask. Right. I'm going to ask, right. okay, are you eating that fruit cup? Right. I'm going to ask, okay? <laughs> and you should know I'm going to ask, because right. I also didn't believe in waste. Right. So... You know, it's funny, though, but that, that's like two conflicting things that <laughs> growing up, they would try to tell us, right? It's like yeah. either you you need to stop eating so much or uh, it's like stop eating so much, but also don't waste don't your food. Don't waste your food. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here I am eating right. all of my food, right. eating every corner of my plate. Right. And it's like, damn, you cleaned that plate. Right. You really ate it all. Well, it's like, and it's you like, told me not to waste it. You told me not to waste it. Right. And now I'm looking at your plate and you're not eating it all for whatever reason you have. I'm not judging you on that, right. but I'm going to ask you because I also just want more food. Right. If you're going to eat that. Exactly. Yeah. And now it's like, oh God, like 
you know, right. this, this whole thing. can eat a lot, yeah. you know, and it's like, well, yeah, I can, but also, is it is it really a problem? No, it's not a problem for no. real. But they made it a problem anyway. Yeah, that's a lot of that came yeah, yeah. from because if if I was <laughs> this is the last thing I'm gonna say, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I wasn't also chubby, uh-huh. they probably wouldn't have had, the conversations wouldn't have looked that oh way. at all. It was because Correct. I had the the extra fat right. that it was just kind of like watching me eat that much food made everybody else uncomfortable right type situation well and that's just that's just societal culture yeah yes it is that's just how again that i mean we see people now like lizzo icon oh who like yes. the minute she came out and got you know um commercially big right and everybody started listening to her music and all this stuff people are like mm, but her size like why is she that big you know right. like people would talk about her and it's like first of all thick thighs saves lives period that's the first thing, okay? That's science. Period, too. period. <laughs> it was it's right on its own, right. but it's also scientifically proven that people with extra fat in their thighs <laughs> don't stay in the hospital as long as people who don't. Oh, period. Yeah, they so came out with that article thing. too, like right, right, right. a couple years ago. Second yeah. thing was like, why do y'all care? Why are y'all in her business? Yeah. <laughs> and also, I would like to see you get up on stage and do a two, three hour look, show look. with a flute twerking every five seconds. Literally. Like jumping up and down. I would sing in a whole set. I would like to see you do it with the size that you're at. Because mm. I promise you, if Lizzo can do it, like, there's it, no conversation needed. At the end of the needed. day, the size is, it this, don't it's matter. Irrelevant. It's it irrelevant. It don't matter. If you have stamina, you right. can have stamina and weigh that much. Right. Or you can have no stamina and be very skinny. Right. Like, <laughs> it doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter. It's about, it's about what you allow yourself to do, how you push yourself. Mm-hmm. What you look like is what you look like. Right. But if I want to be a performer, I'm just going to make sure I have stamina and endurance. Right. And I'm st- I still might be fat. Okay, and what? And, and what about it? And what? That's just what I look like. Right. <laughs> that's my business, not that's yours. That's what I look like. See, yeah. that, but that's my thing. It's like, again, at the end of the day, your business is your business. Mm-hmm. Don't go judging nobody else for how they look or what their size is. Worry about yourself. Mm-hmm. How about, about we do yourself. that first? How about we do that first? <laughs> and then you can talk to other people about how they feel okay mm-hmm. and help them through their mm-hmm. problems but until you mm-hmm. focus on yourself because that's the thing a lot of y'all be kind of come for other people because you don't have yourself together oh oh that's why oh. a lot of y'all oh. y'all be coming for other people because you don't have yourself together yes yes primarily always lead with doing your own self-reflection before you come at anybody else anything exactly okay Period. look at yourself first mm. all the time mm. And on that note. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to close on out here with, of course, our favorite segment. Because it's literally the only segment we do. Um, <laughs> so we know it's y'all favorite, too. Um, oh, bars? Period. <laughs> A musician. <laughs> oh, the talent. Yes. So what is the most excessively black thing that you have done today, this week, this month? All right. Yeah. Well, um, for me, I'm just going to say we live in New Orleans, y'all. Mm-hmm. It's Mardi Gras time. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. So Mardi Gras itself is next Tuesday. Yep. And for the last three weeks, it's been parades on top of parades. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I happen to stay a block away from the parade route. <laughs> and. Honestly, I just been sitting on my porch outside like some some old heads mm-hmm. <laughs> and watching my neighbors walk by and watching the parade from my from my my patio. Right, right. Uh, and that has been very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, some days you just need to go outside and sit on your porch. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people will look at, I'm saying people, sometimes my own family mm-hmm. uh, would just kind of like turn the nose to people who would just sit outside on a porch mm-hmm. and like not go to work and doing mm-hmm. things like that, you know, and just kind of sit outside and, and hang around. But honestly, that's the best thing it's so fulfilling to just sit outside on the porch. The weather nice. The sky is clear. Mm-hmm. You hear the, the live bands playing mm-hmm. at the parade. And then your neighbor's walking by. Everybody's speaking. Hey, neighbor, yeah. how you doing? Yeah. I'm doing all right. How y'all doing? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you ain't going to the parade, huh? Like, no, baby, I don't need to go to the parade <laughs> because I can, I can see, see it, the parade right? from my patio. And not everybody, you know, not everybody can see from there. So, mm-hmm. The fact that I don't have to go is, is great. It's a blessing in its own. Mm-hmm. But the the most successfully black part of it is just me sitting on my porch mm-hmm. with my people, yep. saying hey to the neighbors, mm-hmm. hey to the dogs, the little children, <laughs> and seeing the parade mm-hmm. a block away mm-hmm. in this black ass city of New Orleans. Period. Yeah. That's that's yeah. that's got to be it for me for this yeah. week. So for me, also was this past week, um, I went to one of the Mardi Gras parades, Mm -hmm. um, the Crew of Phoenix, shout out. Um, Crew of Phoenix, so a little bit of Mardi Gras history for those who are listening and don't know. At every Mardi Gras parade, they give out a signature thing, a signature item, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a shoe, sometimes it's a doubloon, which is like a big coin, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, whatever. Sometimes it's sunglasses. Um, And so Crew of Phoenix, their big signature item are platters, like hot, like very decorative platters Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, fit with whatever theme they're doing. Mm -hmm. So for this signature parade, or this for this parade, for the signature item, usually people are going to be like jumping up and down. They make signs. You know, sometimes (laughs) it's as simple as just standing around and like, waiting for somebody to see you. Mm. Um, But for this particular time, I had made a sign and was like doing the jumping around, like having a good time with my friends. And there was a black woman. Now, I I would like to preface this too with most of these parades typically are just a bunch of white people. Yeah. On the floats. Like actually the, the ones giving out crew. the crew itself, right? They're mm-hmm. giving out the items and stuff. Most of them, most of the time it's just a bunch of white people. Mm-hmm. And every so often though, like there's a whole parade dedicated to black folks, right? Zulu. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a couple other parades that of course have black members, mm-hmm. but most of the time you're not gonna see a black member, unfortunately. Yeah. So on the off chance that you do, it's very important. <laughs> that you have an experience like the one I had because yes. it was excessively black. Yeah. Um, so again, we have our sign, we're jumping up and down, we have a good time. The float comes by and me and this black woman lock eyes, like looking dead at each other in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she like looks at me, she kind of nods her head and she goes, all right. And she picks up a signature platter and just hands it to me out of nowhere. Mm, period. Just out of nowhere. Period. And I was talking to my friend later about it and I was like, it is so great to be seen mm, in that way. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like multi-layered as to how yeah. we have this feeling, but it's like right. most of the time when you're walk when you're going through and you see the crews and you see like a bunch of white men or a bunch of white women, you know, like it's great. But when you see a black woman who seek, who like seeks you out of a crowd, a yes. sea of people. Yes. Seeks you out in the crowd and goes, this is for you. Yes. This is for you. This is for you. I see you. I see you. This right. is for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that had to be hands down the most excessively Ooh, black thing that I happened to goosebumps. me. You know? You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy that happened for you. Yeah. I would love to go to this parade and get a platter one of these, mm-hmm. you know, years. I don't right. miss it now. <laughs> right. 
next yeah, year maybe <laughs> you know uh go and find me a platter yeah but i had a i had a similar experience i don't think that the person who reached me the the uh throw mm-hmm. was black i mm-hmm. don't i don't remember them being black mm-hmm. but sometimes it's great to just feel seen yeah. <laughs> and i was at a parade where the throw was a shoe yeah and I wasn't doing the jumping up and down mm-hmm. thing. I didn't have my signs or right. nothing. I was just standing in the back, mm-hmm. my black self, right. around these other white people. Mm-hmm. And they were jumping around, screaming and stuff. And this person looked at me and was like, you look cool. <laughs> you you look cool. You're yeah. not doing the antics and mm-hmm. stuff. And I just feel like right now I want to give you yes. the shoe. And they, they didn't say all that. That's just right. what the vibes was. Right, right. And they looked at me and they pointed at me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, me? Mm-hmm. And they reached the shoe. Oh my gosh. And they made sure the shoe was in my hand exactly. before they let it go. Yes. And I was like, thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. Exactly. I didn't have to do anything. I just needed to show up. Just show up. And those are like some of the best times mm-hmm. to experience or best ways to experience Mardi mm-hmm. Gras because otherwise it's cutthroat. Yeah. You know, some people fight over those yeah, throws. which I don't have time for. So. And don't. That's why I was like, I'm yeah. not even going close. I'm not you even know. getting close to the float. Yeah. I must, I was literally the furthest person right. from the float. Right. And because of that, they were like, you come here and come right. get this shoe. Right, right, right. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I didn't expect that at all right, you know right. i'm thinking i gotta do backflips to get <laughs> right but they were just looking at me like oh okay mm-hmm. uh, okay well, you're giving it to her then i guess right. but yeah mardi gras is great um mm-hmm. i'm glad that it's happening mm-hmm. but me you know be safe you yeah. know that's always number one most important thing be safe um if you're going out there not just with the pandemic that's still out there um True. but facts, also facts. physically you know, it's a bunch of moving floats. Yeah. And they're heavy. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes people get trapped underneath them. And that's something you want to avoid. So always be careful. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this and you come down from Mardi Gras, just li- this is what we're trying to give you some some tips. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, be careful. Um, and, and don't get too close to the float. Don't don't feel like you have to even approach the float. Sometimes they really throw sh- stuff to you yeah some people will approach the float to get something that somebody's trying to give them but if you don't have to do that then don't even get up on the float um (laughs) because with the amount of people around the float you might just get pushed into the float you might get knocked down and you just have no way up and that's not a situation you want to end up in so always give yourself space if you can uh bring a fanny pack to put your stuff in Mm -hmm. uh some bags to to put your throws in some snacks. Um, you got to identify mm-hmm. where the porta potties are mm-hmm. because public restrooms not really a thing. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. porta potties are gonna be your your only option unless mm-hmm. you unless you have a friend who has a house near. The, yeah, the route. you yeah. know somebody, right? Yeah. Um, like me, I my house right off the route, yeah. so I'm good. But uh, <laughs> the rest of y'all, good luck. Right. Good luck. Um, stay but hydrated. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. don't lose your your friends. Like stay together because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who come down for Mardi Gras. Yeah. So, yeah. And again, by the time this episode comes out, Mardi Gras would have passed. So, if you listen to this and you are like, oh, I plan on coming to Mardi Gras next year. Yeah. We got you. See, that's why we're here. That's yes. what, we, that's what yes. we're here for. And, you know, if y'all want, we could do, you know, we could do a little Q&A about Mardi Gras yeah, one of these yeah. days. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Preparing for Mardi Gras next year mm-hmm. for, our, for our listeners. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So. Sounds good. Again, um, 
We are so excited that y'all are still rocking with us, still thank joining you. us. Yeah. We thank you. Yeah. Um, we hope that y'all have a wonderful, wonderful day. Yes. If you deserve it, as Joy says. Period. <laughs> have a good day. Yeah, have a if good day. You deserve period, it. Period, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and like shout out happy black black history month to all yes, black people happy black um, history month again this episode would have come out once black history month is over but black history month is every month thank you 24 7 thank 365 you. thank you it don't matter if it's 28 days 31 days or the whole damn year okay? exactly black history month is every month every day every moment yes so we love you tell you one mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. i'm gonna be black tonight mm-hmm. i'm gonna be black tomorrow mm-hmm. i'm gonna be black the day after Period. that okay a whole year stop. later you still gonna be black i'm gonna be black <laughs> when i go to sleep to right. my, tonight and i'm gonna be black when i wake my eyes up in the morning <laughs> all right this Absolutely. shit is with us forever forever and so I'm so eternally grateful mm-hmm. <laughs> so stay black out there folks stay black stay excessively black if you will period and remember take the damn chicken out, out the, the freezer. freezer. Mm. Don't be that person. Don't. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>